Welcome to Rivers in the Desert International, a revival ministry dedicated to bringing the living waters of God's love to a hurting and dying world. It is our desire as you listen to the following message that the Holy Spirit will fill you afresh and that you would be ignited into a fervency for Jesus. This is the day to be filled with the knowledge of His glory as the waters cover the sea. God is doing something new on planet Earth today, and you and I have the great privilege to be a part of it. We love you. Be blessed. Shalom, friends. This is Scott Holtz with Rivers in the Desert. Mega and Rob, shalom to you this beautiful morning in February. Glory to God. We, we just greet you with the, the qualitative, full blessings of heaven. Hallelujah. And I'm um, really excited. We had an exciting broadcast for you today. Uh, we name it Bringing Glory to Him Through War. And our job is to initiate not just a teaching phase today, but and training and giving you an example of what's happening here in the Middle East, but show you through the scriptures, hallelujah, how God, Adonai Tzvaot, the Lord of the armies of heaven, brings glory to himself. The greatest amount of glory comes to him, not through obedience or the praises of his people, but through him waging war over his enemies, hallelujah, and bringing justice into the earth, glory to God. So if you can get that vein, okay, that, you know, I'm going to a worship service. Well, great, you know, but the greatest amount of worship going unto God himself is to battle, is to what he does in battle. Hallelujah. And we see that throughout the apocalyptic scriptures. You know, Peter says, before he was martyred, the apostle Peter in chapter 1, uh, he talks about the morning starlight, that the scriptures of the Old Testament were the morning starlight, there were a more sure prophetic word than the prophetic event of him seeing Jesus, uh, Elijah and Moses, Jesus transfigured on the mountain, on Mount Hermon in the north, um, and even God himself speaking from the midst of the cloud, that glorious event. Peter says we have a more more sure prophetic word than that event, and that's the morning star passages of the scripture. So I want to break those up into you today, hallelujah, to show you how you can continue to wage effective war and bring him lots of glory. Glory to God. There's a lot to talk about today. I'm excited. Let's dive right into it. Hallelujah. Now it says in Isaiah chapter 40, comfort ye or comfort ye my people, says your God. Now this is a command. This is not an invitation. This is not if you feel like it. Every time you feel a little emotional, you want to help somebody. No, this is a command. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people. And how are we to comfort God's people here in Israel? How are we to speak kindly to the heart of Jerusalem? And it says there, call out here that a warfare has ended. Now, if I tell the modern religious or secular Israeli (laughs) that their warfare has ended, they'll look at me like, what tree did you fall out of? What have you been smoking today? Meaning... That we are getting so many reports of heightened anti-Semitism worldwide that England itself has more anti-Semitic attacks than the last uh, ever recorded, okay, for the last decade. All types of things breaking out in Eastern Europe. We see the rise of Islamic fascism, Shiite, I'll be talking about that in a little bit, uh, Hezbollah, Hamas, 
th- being fueled through the prince of the power of the air, uh, the strong man of the prince of Persia, Iran. The rhetoric of war is very, very loud right now in the Middle East, especially in the Northern Corridor. We'll be talking about it in a few moments. And then uh, this last weekend, we got floating barrels of bombs, high explosives, being swept into the ocean by the Northern Current and dropping on the innocent public beaches of Israel. Okay, so don't, you know, for me to say to an Israeli, you know, your warfare is ended, like, what, what are you, crazy? So, how we can comfort God's people is by describing to them that when you know the spirit realm, when you know the wiles of the enemy, when you know that you do not wrestle against flesh and blood, when you are born from above and filled with his authority, hallelujah, and put on his armor, that you stymie, you neutralize the enemy, hallelujah, and the warfare is ended. And that is playing out not through just prayer meetings and intercessory groups, okay, that pray for Israel, that come here, but we're talking about counterterrorism. We're talking about years and years and years of documented events, hallelujah, where the Spirit of God comes on us to do exploits, and we prophesy or sound the shofar or both in tandem, and multiple serial murderers are brought to justice. Uh, things happening. You know, it, it, just, it happens so much, it, it, it's just a commonplace with this ministry. I don't know how many other ministries out there are doing counterterrorism, but the elite nine, our family, we've given our everything into this service, hallelujah, because this service is what's going to bring Jewish people to the Lord. This is, the Jew requires a sign. And the greatest sign we can bring them right now in this hour is not just a healing miracle, not just a prophetic word, a word of knowledge that reads their mail, okay? Not just, but a salvation from their enemies, a deliverance from the war. So you have to understand that the ethnos of the Israeli here, we are raised here with hundreds of millions of Muslims, our neighbors, that want to kill us. They don't want to sit down and have peace. They don't want to talk with us. All they want is to push us into the ocean, okay, because we're an offense to Islam. And behind Islam is that Antichrist spirit. So we see, brothers and sisters, that um, the greatest sign and wonder to reach Israelis and Jewish people is to show them how to silence the force of anti-Semitism. Hallelujah. And that's through the blood of Jesus. And we have authority through that. And second to say, it says in Isaiah 40, that your sins have been forgiven. Interesting, isn't it? So as we can move into this, this land, this zone, hallelujah, of the spirit realm to neutralize the strong man of, of terrorism, Islamic jihad, anti-Semitism, etc. The bloodthirsty, murderous spirit that infects hundreds of millions of Muslims for no reason except for hatred, okay? And it's birthed by Satan. It is, without a doubt, the Antichrist system. If we can begin to show this to Jewish people, hallelujah, glory to God, this brings comfort to them. And also, and it's on the same level of being comforted to have your sins forgiven. Glory to God. And this is the voice that's calling in the wilderness. Verse 3. Clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness. Make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every mountain valley be lifted up. Every mountain and hill be made low. Let the rough ground become a plain. The rugged terrain a broad valley. Then the glory of the Lord will be revealed. So we see in the apocalyptic scriptures, the greatest amount of glory that God brings to himself is in warfare 
when he defeats his enemies in military campaigns. I don't have the time this morning to go into all the scriptures, but if you begin to study the glory of God, God gives himself the name, the Lord of the armies of heaven. Hallelujah. <laughs> and it's associated with the latter glory house in Haggai. It's associated in Habakkuk. It's associated throughout the 8th and 7th century prophets of God himself showing himself mighty in battle. Hallelujah. And that's how he brings glory to himself. And this is what the voice is crying in the wilderness in this hour, to build this highway for God's glory, which is battle to come into the earth. Let God arise. Let his enemies be scattered. And we're bringing more glory to him, hallelujah, through being available for war. That's why our website is, is built out to train you, okay, in tactical counterterrorism, to train you to live holy and pure on the highway of holiness, to keep your minds pure from entertainment, to um, have your physical temple in athletic shape. Come on, hallelujah. To be un- put your body under, hallelujah, to be like an athlete, to be like a soldier, like a hardworking farmer, glory to God, that you discipline yourself and you're ready for everything because your body is not just a temple of the Lord, Romans 6 says your body is an instrument or weapon of righteousness. So we see this beautiful, beautiful prophetic literature of how we can bring uh, comfort to God's people here. And brothers and sisters, this is what really pulls and tugs on my heart. Hallelujah. It's I want to see all Israel saved. Not just because I'm from a Jewish background, not just because I live in Israel, but ever since I've been born again, I, I, God spoke to me. It's, I've called you to the Jewish people. I've called you to bring the light of my glory to them. Hallelujah. And what he has done with us is just amazing the last 30 years. And so we're here in the land. Hallelujah. And we've been here for a little over two years now. And it's just amazing the favor it's amazing how uh, even this morning I'm running uh, early in the morning and, and a police officer comes up to me and starts talking to me and, and just uh, wanting to talk with me. You know, I have such favor with the police here. I have such favor with military leaders, such favor with soldiers. Uh, anybody that carries, somebody, so to speak, the Romans 13 anointing of justice, we have incredible favor with. And it's a great opportunity to, to share the gospel with them. Now, let me tell you what's, what's happening in the spirit realm, and then I'm going to tell you what's happening in the natural to give you a, a view of how to pray, how to comfort, and how to pour finances, because we need more ammunition in this war where we're heading into right now. Um, if you notice in Daniel chapter 9, uh, it says that Daniel was, was praying in verse 2, and he looked in the prophet Jeremiah and noticed the desolation of Jerusalem to be completed was namely 70 years. And it says in Jeremiah 29, uh, 10 and onward that you'll come and pray to me when you seek me with all your heart and I'll restore your captivity after 70 years. So Daniel, 70 years, they're in Babylon. Hey, wait a minute, what are we still doing here? And he begins to give attention to the Lord because what was written in the word, the 70-year prophecy, and begins to seek God. And, you know, he got more than what he asked for. You know, when you press, when you find something in the scriptures to begin to press into God asking about this, you'll get more than you asked for. Hallelujah. And God revealed to him the 70 weeks of the Messiah in chapter 9. And then in chapter 10, it says here, verse 10, um, after three weeks, 21 days of praying and fasting and mourning, uh, behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, O Daniel, man of high esteem, understand the words I'm about to tell you and stand upright, for I've been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word, I stood up trembling. 
And he said to me, Do not be afraid, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart on understanding this and on humbling yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to your words. So notice, all of heaven moved. Glory to God. The archangels, Gabriel, who later Michael, Michael came in to help him in this battle, were moved. Heaven was moved because there was a man named Daniel who saw the 70-year prophecy, noticed nothing was happening, and began to seek God diligently with all of his heart. Hallelujah. It's interesting that this same type of, uh, of dimension in the spirit room of heaven being moved when people seek after him, it's found in Zechariah. In Zechariah chapter uh, 1, we see uh, the these messengers, they're not even listed as angels. They're these, they're these patrolling spirits on horses that are going to and fro throughout the whole earth, okay? And they come back and report the whole earth is quiet and peaceful. And you think, wow, that's great. No, it's not great because they're looking for somebody who's going to stir themselves up for the 70-year prophecy uh, to be fulfilled and that the desolations of Jerusalem would end. Hallelujah. So we even see in Zechariah's prophecy in the first couple chapters of these patrolling spirits on these horses that went to and fro at night. They were looking for somebody that would grab a hold of the prophetic word, the oracle of God that came through Jeremiah, that would stir themselves up so God could initiate a change and a captivity be restored and Jerusalem to be rebuilt. Hallelujah. And so we see that happening here, that Daniel stirs himself up and Gabriel, the very archangels, are sent for his words. Okay? And it took 21 days to break through in prayer. And it says in verse 13, But the prince of the kingdom of Persia was standing me for 21 days. And then behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to me, for, and I've been left there with the kings of Persia. Now, we want to highlight this thing of kings of Persia here, because we know Daniel was an apocalyptic um, um, text that's talking of the last days. It's an awesome book. You should sit down and read it. Glory to God. And notice embedded in this whole thing about Daniel chapter 12, about those who lead many to the star, uh, to righteous be like the stars forever and ever. Uh, knowledge will increase. Okay, people mass transit back and forth. Okay, and many will be purified and refined during that time. That's all awesome. Hallelujah. And I want you to rejoice just like I'm rejoicing on the purification and the purging all of us are going through, okay? Any little foxes in our life, any stress fractures in our fuselage we do not know about, God is allowing those things to be magnified so we can deal with them. Glory to God so we'll not break up when the real heavy weight of glory comes on earth in these next few days. So anyway, what I'm moving towards to say here is that we see this climactic struggle in prayer that Daniel is fighting in prayer, he's fasting, he's praying, he's struggling, and what he's struggling against is this prince of Persia and these kings of Persia that are super strong, okay, that even Gabriel has to call in Michael to help him fight these things. And it's in this context of chapter 11 and verse 32, by smooth words he'll turn the gullahs to those who act wickedly towards the covenant, but the people who know their God will be strong and do exploits. Hallelujah. And this is what God's looking for in this hour. Those who are strong and will do exploits. Now let's talk about this Prince of Persia here. He's a strong man of the region. Um, 
you know, Prince of Persia, which is modern-day Iran. Um, it's all terrorism, for the most part. All the problems in the Middle East, for the most part, can be traced back to Iran. Okay, Iran uh, is a is is a religious demonized culture, and I don't need to go into all this. You can study about Iran on your own, but I want you to know that there's a prince of the power of the air that is playing with the UN, that is playing with the EU, that is playing with America, that is playing and threatening Israel, okay? And so everything that happens, whether it be a suicide bomber, a serial killer, uh, Hezbollah missiles, Syrian missiles, um, these things all are being birthed from this prince of Iran, the strong man. And we're in a very, very serious situation here in Israel right now. There's a lot of talk of war. Uh, there's a lot of talk of not if there's going to be war, but when there's going to be war. I know our military is doing lots of training in the north and the south right now. Uh, we just, of course, this last week we got reports that Syria has now, um, via Iran, has now snuck in missiles into Lebanon for the Hezbollah that are able to destroy Israeli cities. So we're not talking about small katushas anymore, uh, terror weapons. We're talking about large uh, surface-to-surface missiles, okay, with solid fuel propellant that can be um, mobile, that can be um, fired at a very short notice, very difficult for the IDF and the Air Force to pinpoint and target. And without a doubt, the next war in this region is going to be a ballistic war, missiles. Now, I have a friend that used to work for the CIA, and he told me he was uh, meeting with um, somebody high up, in the Tel Aviv headquarters, the Pentagon of Israel, and uh, they were talking about the coming war, and this guy was saying, hey, listen, I'm getting out of here. This an Israeli uh, high-ranking officer was saying, I'm getting out of here. The first chance I get, me and my family, we're leaving Israel. I'm going to move to America or Canada. And he said, why? He says, because this next war that's coming, there's no defense against it. We don't have anything to defend against these missiles. And if you look at the hysteria you look at the fear, okay, of those that are in the know, those that understand what's happening, okay? Um, you have to understand that in this region of the world, the Muslims want to drive us into the Mediterranean. They've not been able to do that through several war, conventional wars, and they've been doing uh, their best to uh, intifadas and guerrilla-type warfare. But now they have found something that terrorizes people, which is missiles, okay, surface-to-surface missiles. And that's why you see a lot of aggression coming through Hezbollah. I was at a military conference uh, a while back. I was invited um, by the former uh, Minister of Defense and his family, uh, very close friends we have now, former Minister of Defense, and we were invited to hear him speak and his family speak. Uh, And also there was professors there talking of the last war of the Hezbollah. The Hezbollah is the Iranian proxy, the Iranian, um, even more than a militia now, uh, army that controls southern Lebanon and now controlling vast amounts of Beirut and the rest of Lebanon. And uh, their whole charter is the destruction of Israel. And in this conference, there was a lot of uh, high-ranking IDF officers there 
And as we were listening, uh, this is what the keynote speaker said over and over. One thing we noticed about Netzrallah, who is the leader of Hezbollah, when he says something, he does it. And every time he's threatened it, something, he's done it. And so he's batting a thousand percent. And so the Israeli generals are listening to this guy. Man, this guy is, whenever he says something, he does it against us. And you say, what is happening now? Well, what is happening now is not only has the Hezbollah rearmed themselves under the United Nothing, the UN, and it's such a sham, it's a shame what happened in the last Lebanese war, how the former administration just was just like the Keystone Cops. They just could not get their act together. They did not understand the nature of the war. They just wanted to have a big fireworks display. Okay, there was no coordinated ground offensive. It was just, it was horrible. And it really took a blow to a lot of Israelis, young men, and the morale of our country. But thankfully, uh, the last few years, the Army has learned from their past mistake and has really beefed up their forces with better training. We thank God for that. But let's go back to Hezbollah. So the Hezbollah... um, they consider it a victory. Anything they do, capture soldiers, uh, terror attacks, it's a victory for them. So what they're, what they're planning on doing now is if Israel attacks Iran or even America attacks Iran, nuclear facilities, that Hezbollah will fire their weapons on us. And we're talking about long-range Fatah missiles, SA-2s and SA-6 surface-to-surface missiles that have 250-kilometer Range that can hit any city in Israel, okay, can bring death and destruction to all the cities of Israel. And they are not afraid to use it. Now, what's interesting here is the Hezbollah um, have developed, and we've just learned that they have put together five different brigades. One brigade would be held back in, in reserve, but five brigades, a thousand each. And these five brigades would be um, not defensive, but offensive, meaning they would strike into Israel. The first brigade would go into Rosh Nikra and Nahariya. The second brigade would go into just east of there, Shlomi, Admit. Uh, this is the area that I was in when you noticed um, the first, uh, second Lebanon war that we did and the live uh, uh, missiles and the artillery batteries that were going off. And I'm there with Dalit and others blowing the shofar in the north. That's where we were. We were in that area. So the Hezbollah is threatened. We're going to take over that area through an offensive. They're going to capture. The, and the next day would go into Ma'alot and Carmel area and stir up the unrest, which is the, the 12th men on the field, so to speak, okay, um, the Israeli Arabs. Okay, we haven't talked a lot about that, but... There's a lot of Israeli Arabs, we're not even talking about Palestinians, but Israeli Arabs that live here that would go into revolt if they were given uh, freedom uh, or if they saw that Hezbollah was gaining ground. They, those that were Muslims, of course, would uh, join the fight. The, the other fourth brigade would go into an area of Ramat Naftali, uh, Nifka, close to Kiryat Shmona, and the purpose was to shut down the road system, okay? The, the main highway in the Hula Valley, uh, Road 89, Road 85, Road 899. These are roads that lead through the northern Galilee area, the high plateau on the Lebanese border. And of course, they would not win the war. Israel's military is just too strong. But they would take hostage 
villages and moshavim and kibbutzim and uh, be able to go into a situation and take hostage, capture small communities, okay? And this would be enough of a victory for them. Now, on the heels of that would come uh, their missiles. And we're very concerned about the capabilities of the, the missiles that are now been slipped in under the nose of the UN into the underground subterranean um, silos in the Lebanese mountains. And when we say Lebanese mountains, folks, you understand Lebanon. Okay, Lebanon, Lebanon is it's a word white. Lebanon is white. Why? There's, there's huge mountains there. It's like Colorado. It's like British Columbia. It's like the, um, the Pacific Cascade. There is incredible amount of mountains and snow in this region. It's very mountainous. And it's, this is the area where the drug smugglers, where the weapon smugglers come in and out across the porous border with Lebanon and Syria. Um, if you look at one of our past emails, you'll see a spot where we actually captured and able to uh, do some reconnaissance with the army and, and capture some weapon smugglers coming across the high elevations on the northern border of the Mount Hormon. So, brothers and sisters, we're, we're in a situation where, without a doubt, our enemies are planning for war. They're not planning for a, a, a ground offensive. They're planning for guerrilla activity with missile bombardment. And this is something that's going to... Um, cause a lot of the military planners sleepless nights. We need to be praying because we have authority over this Prince of Persia. And this is all in, in um, how do you say it? You see, brothers and sisters, one thing we have to understand is that we're standing in the gap here for the justice of God. But you say, why is this happening to Israel? Well, if you look at Israel's history, whenever Israel was in sin, God allowed her enemies around her to rise up and afflict her. And without a doubt, we live in the Holy Land with a bunch of unholy people. Our last emails we brought out to you about the rise of uh, uh, human trafficking, prostitution, uh, the under, underworld, the mafia bosses, the amount of corruption from the government down is just amazing. The amount of sin that is in this culture and rebellion is just mind-boggling for a country of seven and a half million people. So, brothers and sisters, do understand that we're living in a time where there's very few that are walking the highway of holiness in this land, and that's why we need spirit-filled, on-fire believers, glory to God, to stand in the gap for God's chosen people here, to stand in the gap for revival, and not just pray for revival, but understand what we're praying. You know, we're not praying for, quote, just revival. We're praying for God to be glorified through war, for God to bring justice. We're, you know, I just lived down the street from the Valley of Armageddon. Folks, we're talking about uh, the Israeli ethnos here. People over and over tell me they're getting ready for Gog and Magog, the Ezekiel War. They see it happening. And I see it. I, I see the tension among some of the military leaders I hang out with. Uh, some of the, the people we uh, we know personally, the pilots, okay, the tank uh, squad battalion commanders, the divisional commanders, the uh, Sirat Mechtal, um, the uh, counterterrorism forces, those that are in the know know that they're not just training to train, that there is something coming down the pike, something ominous, something threatening, and um, they're not sure how to handle it because it's a type of war Israel's never faced before. 
And brothers and sisters, this is where we stand in the gap. Hallelujah. This is where we can stand in the gap and we can say to the enemy, the prince of the power of the air of Persia, stop it. Thus far shall you go and no more. Now, in that place is God's sovereignty because I had a vision two years ago um, and I shared this before in our last communique about the coming missile attack on Israel, this watershed experience, where a little over two years ago I was studying Hebrew in an Upan class and we all were in a corporate meeting. I looked around the room. There's Jewish people, immigrants from all, all the different countries. And we all began to sing, And just the Prince of God began to come down on that beautiful Psalm 133. And I just like, wow, I feel the glory of God. This is awesome. And then suddenly, in the midst of feeling the glory of God, I have an open vision of belief. And I recognize that when the anointing of God, when the glory of God, His presence begins to come back to His people, His ancient people, glory to God, when people begin to look to Him for deliverance, that the enemy comes in immediately to try to bring war and destruction. And that's where we can stand in the gap. It says in Ephesians chapter 6, after, you know, last week we talked about in the podcast about waking from the sleep and exposing the underworld, the deeds of darkness. And in chapter 6, it goes on in that theme, finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against all the schemes or the cunning tricks of the enemy. Linguistic key to the Greek New Testament says this is a military word, which means to hold the watch post or to stand out and hold out a critical position on the battlefield. When it says here, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, the word talks about hand-to-hand fighting or wrestling. And wrestling was a fight that was characterized by trickery, cunningness, and strategy. So we see that we, we're, we're, we're not in this fight against flesh and blood. Our fight is secondarily against the Hezbollah, the Hamas, Iran, these uh, Shiite Muslim, these Islamo-serial killers, these, these, these agents of darkness. Our real fight is against the prince of the power of the air, the strong man behind them. And this is how we can comfort God's people. This is how we can move in tactical counterterrorism. This is how we can move in the glory of God, hallelujah, and bring glory to him and bring comfort to his people. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And it says here, finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. To be strong in him, hallelujah. Not to be afraid of what's coming on the earth in this hour. To be strong, to be ready for battle. And to put on the full armor of God. We can see this full armor in Isaiah 59. It's not Roman armor. Paul's not making allusions to Roman armor. He's directly quoting from Isaiah 59 of the Lord bringing justice to the earth and coming back like a flash flood and putting on a breastplate of righteousness, okay? The helmet of salvation to bring vengeance on his enemies. And it's out of this cataclysmic flash flood supernatural return of the power of God, hallelujah, that all Israel is going to be saved in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the war. Hallelujah. You see, brothers and sisters, Israel is so desperate for peace. They want peace. The Jerusalem, it's the city of peace. You know, I see Israelis, it's shalom. We know it's one of our most common words we speak, 
peace, peace. They looking, they want peace. It's called the Israeli Defense Forces. We're not aggressors. We're a defensive force here to protect ourselves. It's the Arabs, it's the Muslims that do not want to have peace with us. They want to destroy us, and we're, so we have to be a step ahead. We have to be smarter. We have to be more crafty, okay? But it doesn't matter how smart and crafty and how uh, awesome our technology is. Israel is still at a place that they're desperate for peace because they know there's no end to this. When terror attacks, when these different things happen, the Israelis always say to me, there's no end to it. There's no end to it. And they've learned to adapt from a young child to adult. They've learned to adapt to the pressures of living here through those that don't want them here. But brothers and sisters, it's time for us to bring comfort to them. It's time for us to bring real spiritual comfort, real natural comfort. You know, I have Israelis, you know, officers say to me, we're so glad you're here. Because you're here, we're going to win the battle tonight. Because you're here, we're going to have a successful operation. Because you're here, this and that. I said, you know, it's not me. It's the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus said. He's the Prince of Peace. And so we can bring comfort to these units. We can bring comfort to the ethnos of this, of, and the fabric of this nation. Hallelujah. By being more craftier than enemy. Hallelujah. And our, our struggle is not against flesh and blood. I don't care how crafty the Hezbollah is with their offensive maneuvers and all their secret missiles they're bringing in, okay? It doesn't matter how crafty and, you know, and a, a, a great poker hand that Iran has now and, and keep on delaying and delaying and delaying until they have their nuclear weapons and their ICBM missiles delivery systems, okay? And laughing at the West as we mumble around trying to... Uh, put up the UN and, and keep on threatening the sanctions and, and you know Iran's still still working strong to meet their nuclear goal. It doesn't matter how crafty they think they are. It doesn't matter. You know why? Because the sons of light, the daughters of light, those who know the Lord Jesus, those who know his armor, those who know, hallelujah, how to bring him victory and, and glory in battle. We can operate, hallelujah, where we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and powers, and we can stand firm and see victory in this hour. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, this is pretty exciting. You know, what I'm trying to, to build for you, and those that are following our broadcast are definitely called to be warriors. Those who are following and drafting with this ministry are definitely called to be with us in this hour. Hallelujah. And for whatever reason... Um, and I, I don't understand it all, but one thing I do know, man, I feel the Holy Ghost, the anointing, the confirmation of the inner witness, and I just see the, the Word of God loaded down with this, is that we are called to war in the last days. And it's not a defensive position, bomb shelter mentality where we just hang on until finally he takes us out of here. No, I see an offensive, massive, hallelujah, thrust of righteousness, glory to God in the last days, hallelujah. And, I, and as I read the scriptures, I see how God is the one orchestrating this war. I see how God is the one who's going to get victory. I see how God is going to cause Israel to be surrounded by enemies. And if it's this next war, Gog and Magog, and there does missiles fall, and there's lots of destruction in this land, that out of this there will come a turning unto God, and Jesus will appear. Hallelujah. So we, we have to be ready for this, and we have to look. And we see these things, wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes, lift up our head because our redemption draws nigh. Hallelujah. 
You know, at times you can feel when you're standing at the Gaza border or at the Syrian border or you're in the West Bank, Judea and Samaria, some areas, um, you can feel the power of God. And you know, it's, it's sad to see how the polit- politicians have become so afraid of the left who threatening them with uh, war crimes, threatening them with um, legal action. Even police officers are afraid to go in certain Arab cities to enforce the law for afraid of uh, not just the weapons that the Arabs are carrying, but afraid of, of the Jews behind their back that would, that would go after them for humanitarian reasons. You know, brothers and sisters, we're in a situation where people are almost like feeling defenseless. Really, you look at it, the police feel defenseless to go into these Arab areas. Um, citizens feel scared and defenseless. The military, not that they feel defenseless, but they feel like they can't do everything they need to do when they go into Gaza or Lebanon because the United Nations and America and others are the one twisting the screws in their back, okay, controlling them. If you do this, we're going to do this to you. So you have a whole culture of people here like, well, what are we going to do? And then you have the other segments of the culture. Well, let's go into the Oslo Accords and let's, you know, let's go and just give away all the land we want to. That's what the, the former prime minister wanted to do. Just wanted to give away almost the entire West Bank. Let's just get, maybe that'll appease them. Let's just give away land. That'll, that'll appease them. They're getting to a point of desperation. And this is where you and I come in. We've been battle hardened. Hallelujah. In our sectors of responsibility. We've been flowing in the things of the Spirit. Hallelujah. We've been giving no place to the devil. And we have this weeping intercession for Israel. We have this weeping intercession for Jerusalem and this land. We have a weeping and intercession. Hallelujah. That we can come and stand in the gap. Hallelujah. That we can rise up like David's mighty men of war and do exploits. Hallelujah. That we can sound the trumpet. We can blow the shofar. We can do the different things that God's given us for exploits in this hour. I remember standing on the, on the Lebanese border at the base of Mount Hermon, looking into Lebanon, and right where we blew the shofar, and Israeli jet was at the same time bombing a Hezbollah bunker. And we were just blown away, like, wow, look, we just blew the shofar that direction against Hezbollah. And then, you know, the Israeli F-16 dropped 1,000-pound bombs in the bunker. And the Spirit of God began to speak to me, saying, I've called you for this purpose. I've called you to raise up warriors. Hallelujah. And later when I got back to America, I received a phone call from a colonel that was in charge of the unit tracking bin Laden. And he was actually reassigned. And he called and said to me, you know, Scott, I saw you on the Lebanese border of Israel during the war. I'm like, what? When did you see me? He said, I can't tell you how I saw you. But let's put it this way. We had our boots on the ground observing the situation. I saw you back in our uh, operational room on video. I saw you guys blowing that twisty horn. He said, I want to let you know that I wish I had a whole division of people like you. You're the most bravest people I've ever seen in my life. He says, and I want you to know that more more." power was released when you blew that shofar than the entire U.S. military in the region. Keep it up. I'll be in contact. <laughs> Hallelujah. With that, he hung up. I was like, wow, here is a military uh, man, a career military man in, involved in counterterrorism that sees us blowing the shofar during a live war, okay, 
and congratulates us on our courage, but also that more power was released when we did that than all the U.S. military in the region. And I, I chuckled. I said, praise God. Well, I felt the anointing. I felt a lot of angelic activity going on. Uh, thank you, sir, very much. Glory to God. Let's just keep it going. Yet when I try to describe to some Christians, especially to pastors, well, not really pastors, but just people that think they're apostles but maybe are not, people that have set themselves up or people have set themselves up, it's really the despotism. It's really the, the kingship mentality, the monarchy system that's in the current leadership of the church. They kind of like, they it's like, why call yourselves believers? They don't even believe what I'm saying. When we have this multiple, multiple, multiple sources of confirmation, hallelujah. So, you know, like Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. Let the blind lead the blind. I mean, just move on. And so if you've been able to, to hang with this broadcast, hallelujah. It's not because you like me. It's because you like the anointing and the boldness and the truth. Your spirit man is thirsty for truth. Hallelujah. And yes, you know, it, really the milk stage of Christianity is God meeting our needs and, you know, God loves me and the message of the grace and the Father's love and all those things. That's all wonderful. Okay, fine. But let's move on to maturity in this hour. And the place of maturity we want to move into is to being seasoned warriors. Hallelujah. Glory to God. People that know how to take on the enemy and their sectors of responsibility. Now, you may be thinking, I'm in America, Canada, Europe, you know, and you're there in the Middle East, and, you know, things are nice and quiet here. Well, don't say things are nice and quiet, because Al-Qaeda and our enemies are wanting to strike America and bring fear. And their whole pattern, their whole strength is the spirit of fear, which Hebrews chapter 2 says is the last enemy. So, brothers and sisters, uh, I hope I'm not rambling here for some of you, but our last enemy is the fear of death, Hebrews 2 says, or the terror of death. Now, how do you get rid of the terror of death? Well, 1 John 4 says, perfect love drives out all fear. You know, all fear, fear of finances, fear of sickness, fear of this, fear of that, is all found in the taproot of the fear of death. When you're not afraid to die, when you're not afraid to be a martyr, when you're not afraid of the spirit of death, hallelujah, because you know how much you are loved. Because perfect love drives out, flushes out all that fear. You can then rise up and be a deliverer. You can be a mighty man or woman of God. Hallelujah. To bring deliverance to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. You can walk on that Isaiah 61 anointing because you've risen up to shine in this hour. So, brothers and sisters, I want to lay out the battle plan for you. The battle plan here in the Middle East for rivers in the desert is God has called us here. Uh, Dalit is fluent in Hebrew and Russian. Glory to God, the two main languages of Israel, outside of Arabic and English. Um, our son is in a special forces unit, counterterrorism unit. Our daughter is going in, into the army uh, in five months. And uh, my youngest son is wanting to be a pilot, so he's all excited about that. And our other girls, you know, all of us are in one form or another given our everything to serve for the defense of Israel. Um, I'm in very close communication with uh, commanders of counterterrorism units, of Air Force units, of, uh, of armored brigades, and in uh, and secret counterterrorism groups, units. And with these connections, with these friends, 
hallelujah, were able to um, move prophetically like like when the king called for Elisha, hallelujah, before they went to battle. There's almost this idea where I have such favor with these military people, um, able to move in the spirit, glory to God, move, move in tandem to fight against that strong man, that prince of power there that is manifesting in the natural. They're taking care of the natural justice system and discharging their responsibility to bring uh, safety and defense and security to the land of Israel and its population. And we're doing our spiritual side. And folks, this is not some voila, you know, some mystical movement, you know, where we got a bunch of Cherokee war drums and sticks and banners and we're running around and praying and fasting and saying these things are bound, this and that. And I'm not against that, those forms of those people doing that. But I'm just saying this is not hype, okay? We go out into the sectors. We go at night. And we do these operations, hallelujah, whether I be in combat, full combat gear, or if I go out with the armor of God in, in civilian clothing, hallelujah. And we are doing these shofar drive-bys. We're doing these offensive maneuvers. We're doing prophetic gestures, hallelujah, that are on the same skull of David's mighty men, hallelujah. And mighty things are happening. Glorious things are happening. Wonderful things are happening for the security of Israel. And now God's ratcheting it up. We've been faithful for two and a half years here. And now he's ratcheting up the authority level. He's ratcheting up. um, It's like promotion has come for us now to begin to wage war against Hezbollah, against Syria, against Hamas, and really the prince of Persia right now. Glory to God. And this is is something that brings God great glory and great honor. And I can't go into more details about it, hallelujah, Uh, but you can get the whiff of what we're doing in terms of street witnessing, going out into these places, hallelujah. The second thing that's going on is that God's been giving us an anointing to expose the mafia, the drug uh, underworld, and we're just real thankful to see all that thing coming to a head and, and, and being brought to a justice, this syndicated crime. Um, that is just layer upon layer um, that has infiltrated this society. It's just very sad. It's time to, for us to rise up. Hallelujah. The other area that we want to do is to continue to help in the natural acts of kindness, open eyes of blindness. We want to continue to support uh, special units. You, you're going to see on the, the latest email we sent out um, the Alpine unit in the north up in the Hermon Mountain that borders Lebanon and Syria. Um, a Alpine unit, okay, that uh, are professionals on in skiing and snowshoeing, uh, snowmobiling, and protecting our northern border from terrorist attacks. And uh, we've been able to, the last couple of years, to help that unit with different Gore-Tex gear, different um, weaponry, and, and different um, uh, textiles that are needed to keep those boys warm, okay, in those cold nights as they guard our borders. And we're just so thankful to be able to help them. And some great, great uh, opportunities have developed for us to continue to go up there and sound the shofar at an area called the Eyes of Israel, okay? It's the eyes right down into the into Damascus electronically. And we've been able to go up there with the shofar and do different operations. We're really excited about that connection and uh, the victories that have been brought from that. Also, we want to uh, continue helping the different counterterrorism units, um, the secret different counterterrorism units that just need our help and encouragement. Glory to God. And then the other thing we want to do is we want to uh, purchase land. Now, the house that we live in is paid for. Hallelujah. 
partners out there uh, supplied the monies and it's paid for in cash. Hallelujah. We thank God for that. Uh, there's two other things we want to do. We want to pay off our, we purchased a small townhouse in America, our, our American base and office, and we'd like to pay off that townhouse. It's just a small little townhouse. And I think the mortgage, $240,000 we owe on that, we'd like to pay that off and continue to run the uh, U.S. office out of that small townhouse. We also like to uh, purchase land here and build a training center. And it's something we can do very quickly um, because you have to understand that um, it's not like this culture's, you know, a lot of people going into auditoriums and sitting down and listening to a message, okay? That's it, more of a Western thing. Here, it's about sitting around a table at night, drinking Turkish coffee, Arabic coffee, and talking about the Word of God, just like it was in the days of Yeshua. Um, and small groups, um, discipleship, and having a place where people live together and work together. And we really need to build this place out. Hallelujah. Now, on the, on the personal front, everything that Delhi and I do is... We just love walking in honesty and blamelessness. And everything we've done so far has been above board, hallelujah, and we've been open to everybody. The only thing we cannot share with you is, is the nature and type of operations we're doing with the, with the special forces and stuff because loose lips sink ships, and I cannot share certain military things because of security concerns. I think you all can be um, appreciative of that. Now, but... We are in a situation where, because of the economic situation for some of our partners, God has shown me that the enemy could not attack us and take us out. So we began to attack and disrupt our supply lines, and that some of our partners begin to have problems in their businesses and personal finances. And I just want to encourage you that if everybody does their part, okay, that this thing can get done. Not just building out a center, a training center, not just funding the ministry. Because uh, Dalit and I, we, we've given everything. We've given every bit of our savings. We're down to our last few dollars. Everything we've given, okay, for this vision. Because God told us to come to the Middle East and prepare for this great awakening that's coming. And uh, we're calling out to our partners, you know, not to stop their monthly donations, to not forget about us. You know, the Bible says that during famine, Isaac sowed in the same year received a hundredfold back. If you're looking for a place to that's fertile ground, it's to bless Israel. You know, we know the scriptures about pray for the peace of Jerusalem, they shall prosper that love thee. You know, I'll bless those that bless thee. Um, but I want to bring out the Macedonian believers who were in the abject poverty in Second Corinthians 8. They begged Paul for an opportunity to give to the Jewish believers in Israel. They begged Paul in the midst of their abject poverty. And so we're looking for you guys to to explain to rekindle that grace, open yourselves up to that grace of Jesus, hallelujah, and say, you know, um, Rivers and Desert has really been feeding me spiritually. I want to send my monies that direction to help Scott and Delete. Okay? Um, maybe you're in between churches. Well, you can tithe. You can give to, and you're being fed to the storehouse of what we're doing here. Hallelujah. And through these broadcasts and the emails, glory to God. Or when we come to your local congregation, you have pastors or leaders or uh, of churches out there. Talk to your talk to your pastor and say we need to bless Israel. We need to recategorize our giving because uh, Scott and Delete, you know, they're preaching the gospel there. They're taking on terrorism. 
hallelujah, they're working with the, the most uh, elite units there is who will be the future shepherds of Israel, Lord willing, hallelujah. We need to supply that. Why do I say that? Because we're in a, a situation where uh, I need to be here. I need to continue learning the language. I need to be working with these units. I need to keep on working this vineyard, pioneering this area. And the enemy would want me out of here, uh, really would want me to go out and travel for long periods of time. I was in uh, America for three months, and it was just too long, folks. You know, yes, we did raise the finances to take care of um, some outstanding bills and stuff and, and overhead and monthly expenses here. Uh, but, you know, it's just too long to be away from the family, five children. It's too long to be away from those we're working with. And uh, we need to be here. And so I'm just asking our partners to sacrifice the same way we've sacrificed for his namesake, for you to sacrifice. And currently, uh, we're the, the ministry is needing 105000 But personally, Dalit and I, we're, we're in a, a situation where we need in the excess of 20000 to come in right away um, to pay off some outstanding bills and to have uh, funding so we can get to the next level. Hallelujah of what we want to do here. And again, if you'd like to know more specifics of where this, these finances are going, um, I can't share it on this podcast because only, only God knows who listens to this podcast out there. Um, but you can email me and I can get back to you and give you my mobile number. We can chat, let you know exactly what's happening with us, where these finances are going. Hallelujah. And uh, that way you can be blessed and rest assured that your hard-earned seed and your love is, is not being swallowed up in some administrative thing, not being swallowed up in, 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 in something you don't know about. But you're actually giving not just to God, but you're giving to God, and it's actually planting something and growing something and bearing fruit for God here in the land. Hallelujah. And um, you've been a monthly partner. We encourage you to continue that monthly giving. And it's your uh, responsibility to keep checking up and make sure your, your, your gifts are going through on your credit card. If not, email us. Um, and if your credit card is about to expire, you need to uh, go ahead and uh, revamp that in the, in the system so we can continue to see that monthly support coming in. Hallelujah. And uh, now in terms of all those emailing us, listen, folks, you guys email us a lot, and I love it, and I try to read everything that comes in. But I can't get to you all the time because we're in the field. We're doing things. So just hang on. And if it's something very urgent, keep on emailing me and forwarding that, that same email, and I'll get back to you, okay? If I don't get back to you right away, it doesn't mean I don't read it. It just says I just don't have time to sit down and type it out back to you, okay? Hallelujah. So um, do know that we're reading. We want to thank all the partners that are giving uh um, checks and money orders that we our administrator in America is processing those and we appreciate your monthly support so again um, there's different tiers of support here uh, Dalit and I are in the needing of an excess of 20,000 as soon as possible because the last three months uh, we have a lot of outstanding overhead bills and utilities uh, car payments uh, food all kinds of stuff that needs to be needs to be um, paid for and uh, we've just maxed out every resource we we could to uh, to live here. And the easiest thing to do is just to pack up our bags and go back to America, and go back to itinerating. And uh, there's plenty of churches that want us to go and itinerate, and we could live comfortably in America. But that doesn't, you know, that's not the reason we would want to leave. We want to be here. We want to fight. Hallelujah. And 
we don't believe that I'm called to, to get a full-time job. This is a full-time job, the ministry of what we're doing here. It's overtime. And uh, we want to ask you guys to help us, to help us in this hour. Hallelujah. And then the ministry, uh, the different things we're doing for the Army, and they've been calling me and asking to help them with different things. That's at $105,000. And, of course, you can look on our emails to see what the purchase of the land is and to build out a facility. So, brothers and sisters, we're, we're looking to raise, um, again, uh, over $1 million, $1.3 million, and we can, with that, and what do you think, 1.3 is not that much. Uh, we've done it before, hallelujah, and able to uh, purchase the land and buy the facility here, and now we're at that same position. This is not for us personally. This is to build out a training center, a palmach, hallelujah, a fighting force. Hallelujah. And uh, there, let me leave you with this story. There was a, a British colonel or major named Wingate, Ode Wingate, who came over, and he helped train the young Palmachim fighting force. And he started these Gideon night units that would go out and attack the terrorist areas. And later he was sent to Indochina, and later, a lot of his uh, tactics were used by the paratroopers during D-Day. And he later um, had taken some bad malaria medication and really had gone off. His brain had went crazy on him, and he later died. The, the thing about Ode Wingate was so beautiful was that he was a believer. He believed in the prophetic promises of Israel. And he poured everything he knew militarily and all of his strength into the few years he was here to train up a fighting force. And even Moshe Dayan and others said, everything we know about battle, Wingate taught us. And in honor of Wingate, they even built a physical Olympic training center after his name and a special forces training center right, right close to it in the honor of what he did. And many of the early leaders of Israel were from the Palmach were from the Palmachim. They worked the ground. They were agricultural people, but also warriors. And that made up the ethnos, the fabric of this country. And God has spoken to me to be, come in and be like a Wingate, to be a spirit-filled Christian, a believer, hallelujah, who loves Israel, who will train Israelis not in, in physical warfare, but in spiritual warfare, to be made mighty men and women of God, hallelujah, know how to bind the strong men and take on the spirit behind terrorism. And so this is why we're here, hallelujah. We're seeing great results, great fruit, the last 30 months being here. I want to thank you guys for stepping up your giving, giving sacrificially to help us continue these wonderful, wonderful fruit-bearing projects for his glory. Hallelujah. Now, as I conclude, there is coming a missile crisis. There is coming a war. There's coming a missile attack on Israel. I don't know the extent of it. I saw it in the spirit. You're going to hear a lot of people going crazy, screaming out prayer requests and all that's fine. And But I want you to know that we're attacking it. Hallelujah. We're not a defensive position, but an offensive position to attack and to go after the strong man behind these missiles, this Iranian nuclear threat and conventional and chemical missile threat. A ballistic war is what we're heading into. And out of this Gog, Magog type environment is going to come, hallelujah, 
the most glorious awakening of the Jewish people we've ever seen on planet Earth, ever before in history. And we got front row seats to be right in the middle of it. Thank you so much for helping and supporting us. Um, if things do break down and I have to leave this spot and, and travel to America, if you'd like us to come and speak to your home group or your local church, please email me. I know that we're planning to do at least uh, go back to the States in the spring, early spring sometime, uh, to get caught up on some administrative work real quickly. So if we can drop by your local church at that time, that'd be wonderful. Uh, but again, I don't want to spend months and months and months in America again. We need to be here. So thank you for your support. God bless you. We'll talk to you soon. Shalom, shalom. Thank you for being a part of Rivers in the Desert International, listening to our message today to you. Perhaps you have a friend, perhaps yourself are sitting there and wondering, where would I go if I died today? We'd like to give you a great privilege of praying with us and leading you to a knowledge of Jesus the Messiah. The Bible says, if any man or woman would call upon the name of Jesus, they would be saved. The Greek word for saved is healed, delivered. It's a wonderful promise. You're there now in your automobile, perhaps at home listening. Go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Father, I ask you in the name of Jesus to forgive me of my sins. The Bible says, if anybody would call upon your name, they'd be saved. I'm calling today, Lord. Save me. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Take all of my sins and cast them into the sea of forgetfulness. Father, I'm coming running home to you now. In your name I pray, amen. If you'd like to contact us in our ministry, you may do so by writing us at Rivers in the Desert, P.O. Box 2788 in Alpharetta, Georgia, 30023 in the United States of America. Our ministry phone number is 770-777-0143. Of course, you can reach us anytime, 24-7, at our website contact page at www.flashfloods.com. Looking forward to hearing from you. We are here to help equip you to be tactical warriors in this hour, to wake up this church, to win and disciple lost souls, and to take out terrorism of all forms. God bless you. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.